D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast is brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista, the uh, proud owners of Golsh, an amazing Kolsch beer brewed right here in San Diego in Chula Vista. Darren Smith, what is happening? What is happening, Jordan Carruth? I've got the dreaded tickle in my throat. That's oh on January 8th. We'll see. I'll either be 100% normal by January 9th, or I'll be dead by January 10th. It's either one of those two extremes. Well, let's roll the dice, baby. So pray for me here. I was just having a conversation about Golsh with somebody. I can't recall who it was, but somebody was saying, like, how much people at Three Punk Ales have enjoyed it to the point now where it's become somewhat of a mainstay mm. at Three Punk Ales, whereas the Gulch-style beer, Gulch, was supposed to be somewhat seasonal mm. for the summer months, for the cooler or for the warmer weather, for Darren. a nice, cool, refreshing drink, that it's actually, there's such demand for it that it's impossible to get rid of at this point. It's fucking delicious. It's a great beer. It is great. It was, if I remember correctly... And te- originally, it was uh, scheduled to come out for the Women's World Cup. It was supposed to be a beer we were going to drink with the Women's World Cup this past summer. It came out after the Women's World Cup, and it has stayed ever since. So Three Punk Ales, we recommend you go down there and try some if you haven't already, especially for those who are actually here in San Diego. Yeah, I also think, too, as you start planning for what's coming up, and we're in a we're in a, a local planning phase because everybody's trying to figure out what exactly our springtime and summer months are going to look like with regards to SD Loyal. Now, there's been some stuff that leaked out on social media what? that may or may not be accurate, but the full schedule for SD Loyal will be released on Wednesday, on Thursday, excuse me. We're recording on Wednesday, so I can wait the 24 hours for full confirmation, but I've been told it's pretty much the template for what the season's going to look like for SD Loyal. Again, I I can wait for official confirmation. The ESPN schedule is coming out on this Wednesday afternoon. It's already been reported and confirmed by the club that SD Loyal will be hosting the Las Vegas Lights on March 7th at 7 p.m. on ESPN News. There's a second ESPN match, I think, on August 12th. So, you know, we're we're getting the information. Some of it's some of it's a bit of a jump in the gun, but where I was going with this is Golsh summer months at Torero Stadium. Yes. I think it's it's an imperative for all parties involved. We've stated our case before. I'm just here to underscore how great it would be to have Golsh at Torero Stadium for the summer. You know, I keep a Golsh calendar. Say what now? I keep a Golsh calendar. I don't really I don't even know what that means. It means I have a calendar for when I'm going to consume Golsh. Darren, I'm going to consume Golsh on March 7th. At Torero Stadium. <laughs> SD Loyal against the Las Vegas Lights. I'm going to go ahead and consume some Golsh then. Um, I'm I, actually probably going to consume some Golsh on February 22nd when a uh, Panama City Club comes to town to Torero Stadium, reportedly. I'm going to probably have some Golsh then. Yeah, Golsh would pair well, very well at Torero Stadium. Excited for it. Um, a lot of different directions. We can talk about the schedule for SD Loyal. We're going to get a full schedule here in the matter of hours. Um, we know some home matches now. Well, the broadcast schedule, full schedule comes out Thursday. Full schedule comes out Thursday. ESPN schedule on Wednesday. So we're learning more. We're learning hopefully some more players like we've been saying for weeks now. We're, we're going to learn some. Maybe we'll get some international players. Maybe we'll fill out a starting 11 sometime soon. We're going to get close to all that kind of stuff. I think there have been 22 players signed, if I've heard correctly. 22 players signed. Not all of them have been announced. So, again, it's a bit of a wait and see. I, I, mean, I can only imagine what life is like if you work for SD Loyal. Like, it's complete chaos because you have this ticking clock 
March 7th is rapidly approaching. That's the start of your regular season. You have a home match, so you got to get your home ground ready. You got to get Torero Stadium. You got two idiots on a podcast who are telling you what kind of beer you got to serve at your home arena. They don't listen to us. So that's number one. And then you got to deal with all these players. You got 22 of them signed. How many can you announce? You got a schedule, which is popping out somewhere on social media because nothing anymore is a secret. Nothing ever could be kept secret until the date of actual release. As my laptop fires up there so rudely. I don't know if that did or didn't show up on the podcast, but shut it. So uh, you can just imagine what life is like. Your coaching staff, your broadcast schedule. Like, there's just a lot going on, man. I mean, come on. The schedule, this, the season starts in less than two months. Typically, in other leagues, you get the schedule like four, five, six months ahead right. of time. So you can actually plan for a couple of these trips. I've had several people reach out to me being like, hey, can you, do you have any idea on a couple of these matches? I'm planning a trip from, I live in this state, yeah. but I really want to go to this match. And I would really love if the schedule was already out, even though, you know, we're two months away from the season starting. I've had a few of those requests. I think a couple people got some answers earlier this yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, again, that like that, what leaked out there, and I don't know how to tell people where to find it, um, but if you search hard enough, I think you can, you can, you can find what, accidentally was put out there and that as i asked that was a a template for what it's going to look like just awaiting final confirmation from the usl yeah so but it does sound like there will be two home matches that first week it sounds like they'll open up against the las vegas lights we knew that that's official there may be an away match in between so i wasn't sure about that and and again this is also for coaching purposes like how you're going to structure a week where you play three times what's the midweek going to look like like there's a lot that goes into it not just in terms of like Hey, let's plan our our you know our tailgates, our marches to the matches, and things like that. But you know, also in terms of of strategy from the coaching staff, because we've had Landon Donovan on this podcast say quite clearly that there's going to be a different approach when they play home versus when they play away. So, plus, I'm sure that there are some diehards already who are willing to start planning an away trip. Yeah, absolutely. Whether that's to Vegas, Phoenix, or what have you. Yeah, Vegas will be an easy trip. Phoenix should be an easy trip. Uh, Sacramento sounds like it would be a really, really fun trip, especially if you have family up in that area, which I do. So maybe I'll just take advantage of that. By the time people download this podcast, the full schedule is likely going to be out. So what I'm going to do on this podcast is just reference a template that we have a little bit and just kind of give you not too much detail on what the schedule is going to be because we want you to go to SD Loyal's website and buy tickets and go there. But we can at least give you some indication of what that template is, Darren. And I think some notable things from the template that we received on social media and through the ticket app is that we're going to have a majority of Saturday matches, which is expected. Mm -hmm. I believe last year it was like 85 to 90 percent of the matches were on Saturdays. It's not that much this year. You don't get that many Saturday games, but a majority, I believe 13 of the 20 home matches are expected to be on a Saturday, Saturday night. Times will be different depending on who the... The broadcast outlet will be on that given night. So you're going to see a lot of Saturdays. There were a couple Sundays on the template. There were three Wednesday matches, and there was a single Friday night match. So you had three Wednesdays, you had one Friday, you had 13 Saturday matches, and you had three more on Sunday. Original takeaway from that. We expected a lot of Saturdays. Notable that one of the Wednesday matches, according to the template, is against Phoenix. That's a pretty big match. On a Wednesday midweek, expecting to pack out Torero Stadium, if that's what it turns out to be. But I like it. I like the idea of a later kickoff, 7 p.m. And like I said, we expected a lot of Saturday games, and that's what we're expected to get here. I didn't study it uh, quite as much as you have, obviously. And, and, you know, I saw it. It was there. Then it wasn't. So, you know, I just said, okay, well, what's happening here? And again, I, I, I can wait till the full schedule comes out on Thursday. Darren can wait, everybody. He can wait. Yeah, I've, I'm, I'm inundated with college basketball and 
Anthony Davis and the, what's going on in well, Iraq. Well, Darren, I can't wait. I have a flight to Sonoma in like four hours. So I, let's go. Schedule, let me go, let me get on with my weekend here. I also would say it sounds like they, they really have to get a lot of the home matches in the summer months because you know they don't want a lot of overlap with whatever it's going to look like with USD and the USD sports calendar, whatever else is played at Torero Stadium. So I don't know, I mean, towards the tail end of the year, if I'm if I'm reading this right, it sounds like there might be more away matches over the final, I don't know, 10 than home matches. But that's just because of your circumstances of being at Torero Stadium. So, again, going back to the whole strategy of coaching and what you're going to try to do, you know, if, if for whatever reason, you know, you need to perform – better in away matches for whatever your postseason aspirations might be. It sounds like you might have to rely on a lot of away points and results if I'm if I'm reading this the right way. But again, we'll know for sure coming up on Thursday. Right. And if I was thinking about it on the drive into the iHeart Studios this morning, if you are and and obviously SD Loyal is doing just this this, if you're starting a brand new club, a lot of your early matches, do you really want to be on the road? If you're trying to create something in a town where you're a brand new club, you want a lot of early home matches, don't I think you? So. Yeah, I would think so. Because if all of a sudden you're like, hey, here we are, brand new club, come check us out in a couple months because we're on the road for the first two. Right. And that, that's difficult. And we've had, I mean, there's been times in sports where stadiums open up and you have to be playing on the road for well, a while. LAFC. LAFC is a great example. You got to start on the road for a good chunk of your season. So I was thinking about that on the drive in. You probably do want a lot of home matches early on. And now if to balance it out, you're on the road a lot late in the year. If you're fighting for a playoff spot, which a lot of people think that San Diego Loyal will, will be doing, they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot because the roster they're putting together is very competitive in this league. It's it's very noticeable. But a lot of Saturdays, potentially night game. And of Good. course, we get an official announcement later on in the week. I like it. Yeah. 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 ESPN broadcast schedule. We'll confirm what we know. Opening night, March 7th, which is brilliant scheduling from the USL. And then again, I, I, I think August 12th. But... Yeah. It'll be out by the time this podcast comes out, exactly. so you'll know for sure. By the time this thing gets I'm just published. trying to impress Jordan at this point because it's about an hour away. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we can just move on. By the way, if you're interested and if you're still learning about this league, I don't know how many people are subscribers to The Athletic, but there is a terrific story written by a writer named Jeff Rooster that I would recommend. It's a long piece on USL players and their plight of trying to make it to Major League Soccer and why Major League Soccer sometimes looks down its noses at players who are playing in the USL because it becomes a bit of an ego trip. We're like, how did we miss this guy? Well, he must not be good if he's not good enough to be on the back half of our roster for Real Salt Lake. So it's about the plight of clubs in the USL signing players and trying to get those players to move on to the next level and and some of the challenges there. Probably too much to get into right here on this podcast. I don't know if you had a chance to read it or not, but man, it, it was just... It's really good. Like the more and more you learn about the USL, the more excited I think I am to support this league. Yeah, a couple of my takeaways after reading that was it's not the same setup um, as let's say Major League Baseball farm system. You're not like going to the minors and all of a sudden you get promoted, you get promoted, you get promoted, and all of a sudden you're with the big league club. Like that's not how it's going to work. You're not a USL playing for a USL team. That's obviously we don't have an affiliate here in San Diego. But even if you did play for a USL club that had an affiliate, it's not an automatic promotion to the big club. Like LA Galaxy 2 players aren't always going to the LA, LA Galaxy. Right. Timbers, same way. So a couple of my takeaways where it's not the same setup as you're kind of used to in other minor league feeder type systems, the idea of what that system is that we've had growing up. Um, but also, 
one of the big takeaways is that the players will probably stay with your team a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Maybe it takes away a little bit of the idea of that if someone is completely performing, overperforming and playing very well, it kind of takes a little bit away from like, oh, we're going to lose them right away. Which yeah. can which can happen with other affiliates here in town and and other sports, but it's nice knowing that well, maybe the players will stick around a little bit longer. You would want the the opinion of the league to change from Major League Soccer's perspective, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it finds itself in a position where it's better to be a top player in the USL than it is to be a back of the roster player in Major League Soccer financially. Like you can make. I don't know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 75, 80 grand playing in the USL. Whereas if you're on the bench for an MLS club, you're making 45, 50 grand, you're making league minimum. Yeah. But the interesting part was, you know, what should this league be? Like, should this league be uh, an alternative for players if they get college scholarships? So, you know, is the college game really all that good? Like, is, is the college player, you know, with all respect to Jordan Morris and, and you know, Eric Winalda and the like, but can this league serve as some sort of go-between for players who are coming out who could go to college but would rather make a little bit of money who then would garner attention from Major League Soccer and other leagues, right? Like yeah. Because the whole point of the, the, the story was this second division league gets treated differently than other second division leagues around the world. Like the second division in the English Premier League, like there's a lot of players who get promoted, who get bought, and with good transfer fees attached that end up going and playing in the Premier League. I think yeah. it was like 50 or something, not even this past year. Not only players, but also managers get plucked from that. And in, in the USL, it was like four. Yeah. So, like, why is that? Now, you could say, well, it's the quality. If you're a second division United States League, like, you know, even your top league isn't all that great. And I get it. But, like, what should it be in theory, I thought was an interesting point. So, I don't know, maybe we'll reach out to Jeff Rooster since he seems to be covering the USL on a regular basis and, and learn a little bit more. Because, again, like I'm learning a lot about this league every single day. Like, I mean, it's not really a league that I paid a ton of attention to. Signed up for an ESPN Plus subscription just because I wanted to learn more about the league since it sort of felt like we were getting one. Yeah. Yeah, and we're learning more and more about it every single day, which is – it's been fun. It's a fun league to learn more about, and – the Athletic is there's more coverage on USL than I realized. I didn't realize the Athletic was really pumping out that kind of content on this league. So it was nice to see that. Um, I think one of the examples I think of locally, Darren, is Miguel Berry, who played for USD. And I don't know where he's going to end up. I don't know where he's signing, if he's going to be on an MLS roster, if he's going to go try to play in Europe. I have no idea. And maybe something's already happened. I've just missed it. But Miguel Berry is a guy that you would think, in theory instead of playing for USD, could have been playing for SD Loyal had they been around at the time. Play for SD Loyal with the thought of, hey, I can I can eventually get to Major League Soccer. Right. You know, instead of going to play for a collegiate soccer team, instead of playing for the Toreros, he could be playing, obviously the, the timelines don't match up because the club wasn't around when he was playing, but he could be playing for a USL club with the idea of getting promoted to Major League Soccer, but then again, the story reminds you how how likely is that going to be? Yeah, again, and some of this has to be ego, where, where the guys in MLS are like, Pfft. Like, I'm not going to admit that I was wrong. You know, like if that guy, if I didn't sign that guy to, to be on this roster. But again, it's it's just an interesting look at the structure of, of the soccer pyramid in this country and just how amazingly different it is than everywhere else in the world. Yeah. Uh, speaking of and e sometimes frustratingly different than everywhere else in the world. Yeah, stubbornly different yeah. than everywhere else in the world. Um, speaking of ego, you sent me a hilarious <laughs> text this week. <laughs> Jurgen Klinsmann. <laughs> Still talking about the U.S. men's national team, huh? Still talking about what uh, happened during World Cup qualifying. Are we still at 2014? 
Are we on 2018? Which which cycle is he discussing now? Jurgen Klinsmann, uh, speaking to ESPN, described the current state of affairs with the U.S. men's national team as, quote, very sad. He said uh, also that he would have gotten the uh, men's national team, not only Jordan, not only would he have gotten the men's national team to qualify for the World Cup. Go on. But he thinks he would have gotten them to the final four mm. of the 2018 World Cup. Really? That's amazing that, that Jurgen Klinsmann could have not only found his way into the World Cup, but perhaps as far as the Final Four. Now, he did say Final Eight or Final Four even because we had a plan. We had a plan. Uh, The national team, he also goes on to say, has been thrown back many years. No enthusiasm for the men's national team. No leadership from Jurgen Klinsmann. Now, we all can point and laugh at Jurgen and these ridiculous claims that he would have taken into the Final Four. But... Is his overall point worthy of our attention? Yes. Overall point worthy. Absolutely. Don't. I don't is it very sad? I I'm, think it is very sad. What's that? I'm, I think it is very sad. I'm sad when I think about the U.S. men's national team. I, Aren't you sad? Yeah, there is no enthusiasm. Are people happy about that there team? There is no leadership. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be easy for people to ignore the opinion because uh, who has the opinion? Because there's no enthusiasm. Because <laughs> Klinsman is yeah. the one saying it. But I mean, also, didn't, do I? Am I remembering this correctly? Didn't Klinsman, like in 2014, tell everyone, like, "Hey, what? We're not going to win this World Cup. I know no, we're going. Is. Like, we're not going to win. We're not that good." Well, he also he didn't could, he didn't claim that he would have won it with the 2018 squad. Just that maybe he could have gotten to the final four. Um, listen, when I think of the U.S. men's national team on Whatever the hell date it is, January 8th, 2020, I'm sad. I am too. Like, it's not it fun. It me out. It's not enjoyable. People... It's not great. We got some weird, like, where's camp going to be? We got yeah, some it's... random games going up at the Chargers old stadium in Carson. Like, what is that? Yeah, shocking that that whole cutter thing didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, they must have listened to our podcast last week and changed their minds. I know. I mean, they almost ended up in the middle of an international incident. Yeah. I know. I'm just sad when I think about it. I think he's, I think it's very, I think there's substance to his opinion. Yeah. I think his opinion about the current state of affairs is spot on, but you could probably make that point without ridiculous claims. Like, yeah. I mean, he, he takes credibility away from when he says, I'm going to, I could have taken him to the final four. Burhalter, when he reads that, what do you think Burhalter said to his friends? <laughs> well, like he's he, in an office. Let's say he's in an office and. Media relations slips in. All right, here, uh, Greg, we uh, we have a quote here from Jurgen, and he's surrounded by his staff in his office, and they're thinking about ways to get the U.S. men's national team to qualify for a World Cup. Who knows? Maybe even get him to a Final Four. And then he sees this quote from from Jurgen Klinsmann in front of him. I don't know what, how Burhalter is supposed to react to something like that. He didn't bury Burhalter. At least he was somewhat fair to Burhalter and just said, "This is a this is a hard job for him right now." Now, if you're Bruce Arena, you're waking up, you're like, ugh. Yeah, but if he says they currently don't have leadership, isn't Burhalter supposed to be the leader right now? Um, if I'm the manager and someone's saying my team lacks leadership, I'm taking that personally. I took that more as a statement about U.S. soccer overall. But, Maybe it was but, more big yeah. picture as opposed to just his squad right then yeah. in that hey, moment. We're not talking right. about you, Greg, but we're talking about your idiot brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. it's a, it's a, so maybe he does. Yeah. I mean, it's, they have a couple friendlies coming up. I don't think there's a lot of excitement for him. But, I mean, we're close to it. I, I'm sure there's going to be a bus going up to Carson to go to this match, right? Yeah, you going? I mean, I'm down. I'm not against it. When is it? Is it the same weekend as SD Loyal? Uh, February 1st. Oh, okay, so it's before that. Yeah, let's go. Okay. You know anyone going? 
I'm sure uh, AO locally is going to go. Yeah. Well, we'll figure it out then. We can yeah. even promote that trip. It's very sad. Lack leadership. Exclusive interview. ESPN added that he would have gotten the U.S. into the 2018 World Cup and he would have taken his version of the team as far as the last four of the competition. How old is Jurgen Klinsmann? Do you have any idea? I don't. Okay. Well, the year is now 2060, and Jurgen Klinsmann is sitting down in his recliner. And he's being interviewed, and he's still being asked about the U.S. men's national team in 2014. And he is still taking shots at U.S., at the U.S. men's national team. In 2050, Darren, that's going to be our world. He will be asked about this the rest of his life, right? Probably. Yeah. But he also and can he'll continue like, to deliver these amazing answers. It's also a way for you're going to be like, don't blame me. I mean, they got me out of there. Yeah. Blame the other clown that followed me. He's the one that couldn't win and couldn't get a point in Trinidad. So, what do you want from me? I know it wasn't great, but what are you going to do? You good on Klinsman? Because um, I want to. I just like random Jurgen Klinsman when he pops up, you know, because it's always just a lot of fun. It's good content. It's good copy, and and I've always had a thing. I always sort of like Jurgen. So I want to clarify something I was attempting to say last week on the podcast when, for the first time in a long time, I said something nice about Arsenal. And it pissed off a lot of Tottenham fans in town. I say one thing, one nice thing about Arsenal, and people get very, very mad. We go to Bluefoot, and we think that Arsenal might have some light at the end of their tunnel, and it's just straight chaos. In fact, Darren, I have a story for you. Last Friday, uh, my wife and I are at a doctor's appointment, and my phone, we're about to find out the gender of our first baby is what is about to happen. You're my, married? Yeah. And You're my, having a kid? My phone won't stop vibrating in this moment. I'm like, what is going on? It's on silent. It's not ringing. Okay. But it's con- like I have the silent, the vibrate on silent option on my phone. And so it's zzz, zzz. I don't think anyone else can hear it, but I can, I'm definitely noticing. I'm like, what is going on? And the doctor's going through all this really important information about the health of my future child and the gender. It's a boy, by the way. And they're going through all this. Making sure that. Little uh, Eden Hazard Caruth. <laughs> a matrista? Um, and I'm wondering what, what could possibly be so important right now? What is, what is more important than all the information I'm getting right now in this doctor's appointment? And I looked down at my phone later, Darren, after the appointment had wrapped up, cause I would never look at it in the middle of this appointment. <laughs> and it's a Spurs fan. Come on. It's a Spurs fan just ripping into me because I said something nice about Arsenal last week on ben the podcast. Ben Foreman? I'll let you guess who it was. I I'm won't guessing name, it's Ben Foreman. I will not name names. I will just say it was a Tottenham fan. And Jordan has not told me that, Ben, so. That could very much be wrong. Could be Caleb. <laughs> it could be. It could be Caleb. It could be a lot of people. But that was my moment because I said something nice. And you want to know could, what these text messages were all about? Could be Drew. It could be the fucking revenue streams of new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium compared yeah. to Stamford Bridge. Oh, my God. When all I said I was that it's important to finish in the top four because you get a lot of money when you qualify for Champions League. And I would imagine a club like Tottenham can use some money because it appears to me that they don't sign a lot of players lately and maybe they need some money. But I have been corrected, Darren. They get a lot of money from their stadium and they're good. They don't even need to finish in the top four. Okay. They, they have so, so much money. You've solved it. I solved so, it. Okay, that, that's one where you just wave the white flag and like, yes, okay, I surrender. I give up. I don't know anything about your club's expenses. I'll take your word for yeah. it. Go go win the Carabao yeah, Cup. Your future is great. You're going all in on the FA Cup. You hardly survived Middlesbrough. Good luck in your replay against them. Went all in on the FA Cup. All I said was that it's important to finish in the top four. And then I found an article in The Athletic, Darren. Oh, my gosh. Are we really going to do Tottenham expenses here? No, this is about Chelsea. 
And all it is is a quote. It's a story about Chelsea, but they're saying how important it is for Chelsea to finish in the top four. And if you think it's important for Chelsea to finish in the top four financially, I would imagine you would think it's important for Tottenham financially to also finish in the top four. Quote says, stakes are high. You get into a very difficult space if you have a couple of seasons out of Champions League. This is what I was saying last week. You fall into a cycle out of Champions League. It gets really difficult to get back in. Why? Because your closest rivals, back to the story, are the ones taking the spots and you get around a $60 million drop in revenue when you don't qualify for Champions League. $60 million. Not only does your club lose $60 million, essentially, but the club, your rival club, is getting 60. It's a $120 million swing. It's The, the Athletic put it much better than I did last week on the podcast, but no one should be surprised by that. $120 million swing is substantial for any club, whether you're United, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool. I think it's important. And I thought one thing that was very notable, and it's applicable to a Chelsea fan right now, and I've never seen it written this way, and I'm glad it was put up this way. Winning Europa, winning Europa, winning it all, which Chelsea did last year, less valuable than getting to the round of 16 in Champions League. You make more money as a club just getting to the round of 16, getting out of the group stage, which clubs just did. You get more money from that than winning Europa. So that's, I guess, all I wanted to say last week. I just wanted to clarify okay. by well, using uh, that yeah. point. I mean, if you're into the economics of, of European football, then that's really appealing to you. If you just watch because you are a fan and a supporter of a club and you want to watch that club hoist the trophy, then I don't think there's anything wrong with that positioning either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like all these clubs got a ton of money. So, you know, I know what you're saying. Like, it allows you to go and buy better players and build better facilities and have better training staffs and go get a better manager or get rid of a manager. That costs you fact, like $30 you wanna, million. Right, like Antonio Conte, which just came out. So, like, I get all of that. Like, you need the money. But I don't really feel like – I mean, your owner in particular – I mean, he's he's willing to spend money like nobody's business. So right. from that standpoint, I mean, I'm never going to say to a supporter that, that, you know, if you prefer to watch club win a trophy, like that's a memory. Like that's, you know, making it to the round of 16 in Champions League might be a better financial situation for you than winning Europa League. But frankly, I'd rather win Europa League. <laughs> I mean, I just that's just me. I had more fun celebrating Europa League. Yeah. I but, mean, you know, that's that's why you watch. It's why you're a fan. You want to watch your club win, not because you're worried about the financial viability of a club where everybody's making money anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a. I get back to the cycle. It's a, it's a difficult cycle to get back into once you fall out of it, especially it. in England. Yeah. I know. I hear you. I mean, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I totally agree with what you're saying. All and I'm if, saying is Tottenham's falling apart, guys. Jeez, just let me say it. Just let me say it. Like, they're bankrupt. They're broke, and they're not going to win anything. Yeah, you guys What's hired, the problem? You made a panic move. You fired your best manager ever. <laughs> you brought in Jose, who's trying to redo everything he's ever done, and I'm left in doctor's appointments getting harassed by Tottenham fans. Okay. Uh, I found myself in an interesting group text Ooh. on... On, uh, on Twitter this week Go on. from uh, CPFC in the USA. That's uh, Crystal Palace Football Hold Club, on. by the way. I'm, I just need to understand what's happening. Group text or Twitter? What are we doing here? Twitter DMs, okay. I guess, okay. would be the right way. But it was in a, a group text with six or seven other people here. And I'm not quite sure how exactly I ended up in it. But uh, here's the bottom line. And this is where I'm, I'm going to call on our listening public who lives in San Diego. Although we found out recently this week we're huge in Australia. We're hoping for the best with all those crazy wildfires. We've been through them, but we're huge in Australia, our data tells us. That's according to our metrics. But uh, ended up, they're looking for a pub. They're looking for a pub to call their own, the uh, local Crystal Palace supporters group. Now, they were going to Shakespeare's, and I quote, this is not my review on Shakespeare's. The sound is never odd, and the food sucks. 
Not my review of Shakespeare's. Just telling you. So uh, it's an English pub. If you're not going there for food, let me tell you. <laughs> you want to know what it's you're going like. there for warm beer. <laughs> so no sound and the food sucks was the review of the reason not to go to Shakespeare. So they are looking for a pub. They're they're claiming there's about 10, 12, perhaps. And they're more than willing to decorate any place that will host them in red and blue. So if you would like Crystal Palace, the Eagles to be the local spot for Crystal Palace fans to show up and watch Palace matches and you're. Amiable and perhaps somewhere in North Park, South Park, Normal Heights. Darren, I got a great place in, in Santee for them. They're looking, they're looking for a spot. All right. Well, I got a great place in Santee. Put me into this group chat, direct message, Twitter thing that you have going on. I'm still trying to figure out what you're doing over there. Not sure you know what you're doing over there. Twitter, direct messages. Okay. I'm just, yeah. I just want to make sure I understand. But I got a perfect C- spot CPFC in Santee in the for States and a couple of others here. And, um, and, and, you know, they're just looking for a spot. That's you all. Know, well, it should probably be in Del Mar if you think about it, because the queen of Crystal Palace, Rebecca Lowe, I mean, she's apparently she's told us she loves Del Mar. So maybe uh, it should be in Del Mar. Are you See? showing me? This yeah. is this is a this is direct message on Twitter. We have direct to, message, but it's a group. It's correct. not one there are person. Several There's people. like seven of us. There are several people yeah. in this. Uh, confirmed. Eight, I can eight confirm other that. people in the group. I can't confirm a schedule, but I can confirm that it's a group chat on Twitter. Yeah, so a group DM going, All right. if that's what you prefer, since you're making fun of me for the terminology. I just wanted I to make sure I understood what was happening. Yes, that's all. so we should absolutely get a spot in North Park that we can turn red and blue. We can guarantee 10-plus people mostly going to 7 a.m. matches. Arsenal this weekend, probably not going to be there in time for 4.30, but they were interested in Bluefoot. I said, Bluefoot is one of the most confusing spots in San Diego oh. because I know it as an Arsenal bar. I was driving past the other day, and they had a Manchester City flags that said official supporters group Manchester City. Yeah, San Diego citizens there. And Manchester United Red Devil flags hanging outside. I was like, what is this? Like, how can you how can you have this house divided this way? I don't I understand the, it. I thought the Red Devils were at uh, Shakespeare's. I thought so too. That, uh, maybe Bluefoot's think, been an Arsenal bar. Maybe they think the Citizens food sucks. came on way late, and then they did some random video bar. outside it, and it was weird. It, it was <laughs> the video that will just never die. No, it made the it rounds also, again this uh, week. A, a Aston Villa par, uh, pub before yeah. they got relegated. So I didn't understand what was happening. I was driving to the airport, and I saw the city, and I saw the uh, Red Devils flags hanging outside. I said, I don't even know how this is possible. Like this, this, this. I, I you need to get the Crystal Palace fans there. Or are you going to try to pull Serranos? Because that'd be nice if you could uh, do doubleheaders. I know it's Barca, but it can be... Listen, in Spain, you get much better kickoff times than clubs in England. So you can have like your 7 a.m. Palace, mm-hmm. Bloody Mary, and then it will roll right into a Barcelona kickoff at 11. Yeah. You can have some more beers. 11, 12, absolutely, man. Who's not excited for the, the uh, uh, España Supercopa? I'm Spanish excited. Super Cup in Saudi Arabia. Oh, <laughs> What's going on, man? <laughs> they What's sold with it, this sport? They sold it for $120 million. How'd you like to go be in Saudi Arabia right now playing the Spanish Super Cup? Damn sports sold its soul. Yeah. Well, you get uh, Valencia and Madrid today, and then Barca and Atleti Minana, and then the final will be on Sunday. What happened in the Catalan Derby? Uh, 2-2 draw. Barca uh, does what Barca does. By the way, I want to shout out to the locals who showed up at Serrano's. So the local supporters group for our USL club showed up there, wanted to see what we were all about. I think they had a really, really good time. So we were we were happy to host them. I know I introduced them to Ruben, who is our Peña Presidente, and I think he took good care of them. We got them in our group picture, which you may have noticed. Saw that. So I was thrilled to have those guys there so they could see what we're all about. Hopefully there's a way to 
incorporate and merge and, and get everybody off to Torero Stadium, but we'll save that for a different program. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave up the first goal of the match, which they've done, I think, six times so far this year. That's and, weird. You know, Suarez, who's responsible in some capacity for the final for the previous 10 Barcelona goals, I think four goals, six assists for Suarez, had a goal, had an assist, and... You know, they're just uh, you lose to the the you lose your derby match to the the club that's at the bottom of the table facing relegation. It's not great. Yeah. You know, Barca's dropped a lot of points this year. They were the the winter champs. They were they're you know it's not uh, impressive in any capacity. Their away form continues to disappoint. So I don't I don't have a ton of high expectations. Barca seems like it just wants hmm. to do just enough to win these matches rather than putting its foot on the gas and trying to beat clubs like Espanyol. So their away form is just terrible, which is what we talked about in, in Champions League play. It's what's going to get them. I mean, it just, you know. They're... You think an away leg is what yeah. gets them? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which go is good. Go get Poch, it... man. I would love to go, go get, get Poch. Poch. I know. There's like two, like Barca, Real Madrid. I'll throw Madrid into that category. Mm-hmm. And then Manchester United, the three clubs. I just don't understand how they don't have Poch signed and delivered already. Yeah. I don't get it. Well, Unless it's just on Poch wanting to wait. Because so... if, if I'm one of those clubs, then. I'm doing whatever it takes to get him. Yeah, then I'm delighted with what happened in the Carabao Cup to United. Just getting torn apart by City in the first half. You know, I'm delighted by that if I'm Pochettino. I'm delighted that Barcelona is is, you know, just mediocre. Yeah. You know, they're just they're very mediocre. That's what by it is. By Barca standards. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And you know, and and you got a lot of clubs now. We know the way the league is going to go in England. I mean, this is amazing to me, Jordan, that there are eleven clubs closer to fourth place than Leicester City is to Liverpool. I know that that's a lot, and it's very wordy. So I'll say it again, that's just to let far, you hear. Liverpool is that far ahead. Liverpool is thirteen clear of Leicester City right now. There are eleven clubs within thirteen points of Chelsea. Sitting fourth on the table with 36 points. Chelsea fourth, huh? Yeah. Champions League spot. Yeah. United fifth, 31. Mm. So think about that. So, like, in other words, like, this is pretty much all we're paying attention to in England? Yeah, the Champions League. I mean, thanks a lot, Man City, for being mediocre this year. Yeah. Really lost us a title race. Maybe Pep will go to Barcelona next year. Oh, God, please. Please. Would you rather have Pep or Patch? Yeah, there's more history there. Yeah, of course. Better history. I mean, he was a ball boy there. Right. And Patch was with the rival. Yeah, you'd still take him. Still take clearly. Him. Still take him. Yeah, and I would is, love for Barcelona to have Pep because I want Pep out of the prem because he makes it very difficult for Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Please let this be the final season for Pep at City. So you're Please. going to uh, wine country, eh? Yeah, I'm. Gonna, I got a flight here in a couple hours. Going to Sonoma. Okay. Got family, Sonoma, Napa. Going to drink a lot of wine for the next couple of days. That sounds terrible. It's a tough life. I, I got I to go talk college basketball and college football today. People wonder why I turned down our. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to go uh, visit some family. It's going to be a lot of fun. Last time I was up there, I tried to convince them to go to a Sacramento Republic game. They weren't buying, but maybe uh, maybe I can convince them later on when the season's actually here. Okay. I like it. Well, hopefully, again, stay tuned. You know, All your USL news will become official locally over the next 24 hours, but... Most of what, what has been put out there is is accurate. It was our understanding, but I also can appreciate that the club isn't going to go ahead and confirm a bunch of stuff that wasn't supposed to be out there before you get final league approval. So, right. whatever. March not 7th, conf- everybody, that's when it starts. Yeah. I mean, and let's be honest. What's up, Eric Winalda? The best game, no matter what that full schedule release is going to be, we already knew the best game. The home opener against the lights. Very smart. It's very good. 
Very smart. All right, subscribe. we got to thank our sponsors, 3 Punk Ales. And Sport Clips. Go out, get an MVP haircut experience. All the sports on television, all the time. No appointment necessary. Download their app today. Also, you can find us on Apple or on iTunes. You can find us Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. You can subscribe in any of those capacities. We make it as available as possible, and we appreciate those who not only subscribe, but also leave us a very nice review. Darren, we're ranked in the United States but we're ranked even higher in Australia. Shout out, Australia. Socceroos. Socceroos.